Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on mixer.com slash squarecast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Ahoy, mateys! And welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast, uh, where I am welcoming back a special guest, Mr. Nate Ferreira. Um, specifically this episode, this is a big deal. Um, I recorded a lot out of order because Mm -hmm. I saved this episode for you. How special. Yeah. Um, out of just to not, not build it up. Um, I would say most SpongeBob fans of my age would probably say this is their favorite episode. Um, and there's actually some statistics to back this up. Uh, in 2006, this was voted number 29 in a uh, best day ever event on Nickelodeon. But three years later, SpongeBob, uh, this episode was voted number one on Nick.com as a favorite episode of all time and included uh, and also in Germany in 2012 was voted number one during a top 100 weekend. So this is this is a big deal right here. This episode. All right. Not not to hype it up too much right great thanks because you could turn around and go that was the worst oh i plan to animation i've ever seen um but i last time i had you on uh it was it was very early in in making this show and it's evolved a little bit um i want to talk to you just a bit about nostalgia all right it fuels a lot of of this generation that i grew up with but i also feel like it's not specific to my generation um i think any any person growing up there there's always little things that they get attached to um but specifically when it comes to media when you think back to your childhood what is the earliest book or tv show or movie like what's that first thing that pops into your head um i think for me a couple things pop into my head uh and yeah the the a movie and a tv show stand out the most to me the movie is et okay the tv show is knight rider um oh with the hoff yeah with david hasselhoff yeah, and he is well respected yeah. on this show and mr me. feeney as a talking car <laughs> wait hold on the car was mr feeney yeah you didn't know that i never knew that yeah. what wow and that's that was that. That's before Boy Meets World. So oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great if they were. Uh, oh, we got to get a voice for the car. You know what? Get that teacher on Boy Meets World. 
<laughs> if it was afterwards. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, to your point, though, that the you know a lot of people are like, oh, millennials are all about nostalgia. It the the Stranger Things was so specifically modeled on E.T. over everything else. Oh yeah. Um, that like if you took the if you took E.T. and the Goonies and put it in a blender. Yeah. But, but to the point that they specifically had Millie Bobby Brown watch E.T. and told her you are E.T. Yeah. And some of the costuming choices. And anyway, the point is, um, yeah, you're right that nostalgia plays a factor in other things because millennials weren't nostalgic for n- nostalgic for E.T. And millennials aren't the only ones that fell in love with, with that first season of Stranger Things. Right. Well, I think... Um, I think with each, obviously with a certain generation, um, we were more exposed to things on screens than previous generations. Like every generation, there's more channels, there's more stuff going on on television. Therefore, there's more things for you to attach to your childhood. When before people who grew up, even before television, they're like, they're nostalgic. I'm nostalgic for that game where we... We uh, hit the, we made a hoop go down the street by hitting it with a stick. Yeah, even like radio programs like Buck yep. Rogers. Oh and, yeah, and uh, Little Orphan Annie, which yep. I only thought of because of Christmas Story. <laughs> um, yeah, but but Ralphie in that movie would grow up probably like oh, anytime he ever heard Annie or whatever, like oh, I remember that as a as a kid that, yeah. that radio program. So yeah. and Star Wars itself, which is experiencing um, yet another revival in the last few years with with Disney's money uh that itself was based on on Flash Gordon largely uh which was very old um what are we talking 20s yeah oh yeah 1920s the old cereals not not right now so yeah i want some cereal now Some Star Wars, some Star Wars cereal, <laughs> or do you want some Buck Rogers cereal that hasn't been opened in seventy years? I'm not sure. What if I told you if you ate that cereal, you would then go to the 21st century? I think I would like that because I am very, very, very bored right now <laughs> in our in in my somewhat self-imposed quarantine. Yeah. Well, you know, it, this is um. These kind of these kind of shows like like SpongeBob and and long running you know shows like Friends or anything that you liked can be perfectly acceptable when you're quarantined yourself during a epidemic. Which yes, as of this recording, we are like in the beginning of the initial two week. Hey, everyone, kind of shut down and yeah. and don't do anything. Yeah. So, well, I think it's going to be a lot more than two weeks. Actually, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, minimum two weeks. Absolutely. Um, so the episode we're going to be watching today has to do with pizza. All right. Now, currently in 2020, we have a, a wide variety of pizza places. When you were younger, what was your pizza place of choice? <laughs> well, when I was like single digits? Yeah, I a, mean. A child? Do, do you have, what's your earliest thought? I mean, even if you're a teenager, what's your earliest thought of uh Pizza loyalty. Pizza loyalty. Yeah. Um, as a child, well, of course, I'm I'm not sure that I ever really got on the 
I'm not sure Chuck E. Cheese was around when I was a little kid. It probably would have been Showbiz Pizza Place. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I, I don't know that Showbiz was around here, but maybe it was. Um, but, no, I remember Pizza Hut used to be very much in the style of of what you only see now as, like, Italian, like, family-owned Italian restaurants. Like, the Pizza Hut, the Pizza Huts that I went to as a kid... It was like a lot of wood interior, a lot of the red and white checkered uh, tablecloths, yeah, and you get the salad bar. Yeah, um, yeah, and you go and sit down with your family, and you'd order a pizza. And pizza Hut was more was more of a dine in restaurant, but yeah. as opposed to just being delivery. As, yeah, yeah. So I I, I remember Pizza Hut. Uh, I think that's actually right here in town. Uh, they're w- the one I'm thinking of. I remember going to Enfield Pizza Hut a lot. Um, I think it's now. I think that's where TGI Fridays is now. Just for your own you, personal edification. Absolutely, I, you might be right. I think there was the Pizza Hut that was right there. I definitely didn't dine in at Pizza Hut a ton. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you, because they they dropped almost off the face of the planet. I mean, they're still mm-hmm. known, but the fact that you think they maybe didn't take on delivery as much as they should have is is a part of their downfall i i think so i think they were kind of late to the game when Domino's was really ramping it up um they always did delivery as far as i know but the pizza hut express which i don't know that they even use that anymore but there there was a time when when if it was not a family style sit down restaurant then but it was owned by Pizza Hut. It was a Pizza Hut Express, and there really weren't any tables. That that was the special Pizza Hut where you could go in and take out a pizza, or you could have them deliver. But I mean, that's pretty much like what Domino's look like now. They, yeah. Except for Domino's will have two tables at most in their yeah in their building. Like in case in case you don't want to go home and eat this pizza, sure, sit there and eat it. But we're not going to be happy about it. No, we're just going to stare at you and and toss Parmesan cheese in your direction. <laughs> at least that's what happens to every Domino's I've ever sat into. Um, yeah, because pizza, I mean, at least around here, I, I, I'm sure this is the case if there's anyone else listening to this that happens to be a part of a Facebook group that is about their town. But I know the one in our town... <laughs> If you dare, the, like the worst thing to do on that on that Facebook group is to ask people, where should I get pizza delivered? Because in Enfield, Connecticut, there are about, I would say, eight options for pizza and everybody. It's a very tribal thing. It's very yeah. much like <laughs> if you if you find your place, that is your pizza place and every other place stinks or you've never had it before yeah. I, I pretty much sum it up to that um i doubt it. there's people in town who have tried every single place i'm sure there's no. a few but and also some of the places some some pizza places just are not consistent i will i'll lock on to one for a little while because i had an exceptionally good pizza and so often it's the they never live up to that again right right and At least with Domino's, even if yeah. it's like 75%, you're always getting that 75%. I, 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 I don't even think it's 75%. I think <laughs> Domino's is garbage, but you know it's going to be garbage. Right. And also after a certain amount of time or at, after a certain point in the night, they're the only one. They're the only people you're going to get delivering to your door. Yeah, they certainly um, 
they certainly hit that sweet spot at a certain point in time. They're the Taco Bell of of <laughs> garbage pizza brought to your door. Except for I don't think you can order Taco Bell on as many devices as you can with Domino's. And and kudos to them. They really pushed what you can do with technology and ordering pizza. Like I think there's shoes now that you can press a button on your shoes and it'll order a pizza to your house. Yeah, and just tweet the pizza emoji to them and they're like, "Okay, right, your we, standard we order it. is on its way." It's on its way. And like um, the fact that you know every step of the way. Anyway, back to your back to your little cartoon. Yeah, my little cartoon. Uh the episode uh I'm going to show you today is called Pizza Delivery. It aired August 14th, 1999. It is the uh, first episode of episode five, super early on into the uh, into the first season of SpongeBob. All right. Um, and to hit it this good, I believe, in, in comedic value and writing is uh, is monumental. And to not give the writer, I'm going to give the writers credit. Uh, Sherm Cohen, Aaron Springer, and Peter Burns wrote this episode of SpongeBob. Pete Burns? Pete Burns. If I no, that's Pete Byrne, right? They <laughs> think so. No, it's not the same Burns you're thinking of. Um, all right, so we'll be right back after viewing that episode. Bye bye. Two thousand years later. All right, that was a uh, wonderful exploration into the world of pizza delivery. If you're joining us, you can play the episode right now. Uh, as usual, we are watching this from uh, Amazon Prime. But of course, if you have any of the season sets, it of course is going to be on there. Um, so Nate pizza delivery first thoughts go um, definitely a great episode I definitely um, don't need to say definitely so many times in one <laughs> sentence <laughs> uh, you remind me of the little boy that was on the news where he was <laughs> <laughs> what was the word he kept using apparently, apparently. <laughs> I, I love uh, I love Mr. Krabs power to with his bear claws reshape these burgers into a pizza <laughs> i thought and you were going with his power to just like uh, just change the menu on the whim like oh what? yeah oh wait you're gonna pay us yeah we we serve chinese food <laughs> uh, and yeah we'll have somebody deliver it for you where do you got come up with the pizza box though i don't know i think he was able to to shape the uh the plate there um have you ever had any sort of delivery job other than like uh, a paper out like have you ever had to deliver food um no, I actively my first job ever. I don't think it was even legal. I was 14 years old. A new Chinese restaurant opened up um near my house and as I was walking out of the grocery store, a like 5-year-old girl came running up and being like, "Hey, I talked to that guy over there." And uh and he doesn't want a job, but do you want a job? And I'm like, you're a five-year-old girl. <laughs> and she dragged me in, and her parents, who didn't speak any English whatsoever. But she spoke it pretty well? She spoke English very well for a five-year-old, and she spoke whatever uh, whatever language. They were Chinese, but I don't know which language they spoke. There's a lot of dialects. Um it's actually fairly close. Just um, and I, I just want to point out, just because it's coming up right there, um, when the uh, the English, you know, transformed into some sort of um, Asian yep. writing. It's actually Korean, and that is the actual Korean spelling of both forward and reverse. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this five year old roped you in. Yeah. Anyway, I just ended up being the the only. I I was the person answering the phones for this Chinese food place. Oh. Okay. And. 
and I lost the job the first night because they, I didn't get any kind of training from these people that didn't speak English. They just like stuck me in front of a phone. And was there even a, a, a talk on pay or were they just like plop you in front of the phone? Like, here you go. Uh, my dad was with me when I first was offered the job and he he was he was like, what will it pay? And they're like four dollars an hour. And he was like, oh, <laughs> 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 and, you know, I came to realize that was far below minimum wage for the time. Uh, but I didn't know any better at 14. No. And I mean, getting I didn't get any pay whatsoever aside from a, a large plate of pork fried rice that I could eat while answering the phones. And how long were you there for? The, the one day I was like told to go home and not to come back. <laughs> um, uh, when the guy went out for delivery. Now here's the thing. You don't need to speak English to know that when, when your phone person answers the phone, tells you an order and hands you all the information on a piece of paper that there's no address on that i didn't i didn't they were like oh, oh yeah, it's they... the mark twain house and i was like oh okay everyone knows that and didn't think this guy didn't and he he just was like driving all over town trying to deliver this food yeah he left he had, didn't have an address and he drove away and he got halfway across town and then he called me and was like it's <laughs> like what address <laughs> now that that is just a memory you are bringing up not any current yeah sure <laughs> um i love i love that the truck driver uh thinks there's a break dancer in the middle of the road and, and speeds up and is not yeah. gonna stop at all no. um and of course and i, I just the the fact that after this tornado event happens, they, they land and, and Squidward's freaking out about not knowing where the road are. It seems like where wherever the road are. It seems like wherever they currently are, there's, there's no, no road. road right now. Yeah. yeah. So they're already off road. Um, <laughs> this reminds me of that time that. That Evan got blown up into the air holding a theater flat. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You just unlocked a, a old memory of mine. <laughs> yes, if you take a um if you take up a human being that doesn't weigh that much and give them a giant stage flat. A Broadway style flat, which is very light. It's basically large. a sail like, on a frame. It's, it's canvas. Like Thirteen feet, right? Well, that one was about ten feet. Its standard is four by eight, because that's a standard size for things. <laughs> and then put them outside on a really windy day. You're going to see some action. I, I love it. It's wildly irresponsible, <laughs> in my opinion, to put the idea in kids' heads that Moss points towards civilization, not toward, like, a direction. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but whatever. It's SpongeBob funny. SpongeBob bringing up constantly in this episode all of his uh, his pioneer knowledge. Yeah. And I've, of and course, I've heard the rock thing. Uh, you've seen from that later. meme. There's, yeah. there's a lot of memed moments in this episode. Um, I also love that twice Squidward calls him Jethro. Yes, which is a uh, is a nod to the Beverly Hillbillies. SpongeBob's apparent square butt cheeks. Yes, individual square it, butt cheeks. <laughs> that was always. I mean, as a kid, when I was eight years old watching this, that moment, of course, made me howl in laughter. Yeah. But as I grew older, this this part of the song <laughs> made me laugh. I love that that this. At this point in the series, they just call each other Squid and Sponge. 
Yeah, and like I said, it's super. I think this is the tenth overall episode of the show. Yeah. So by then, they just started shortening it. Um, this is also the the first episode where Squidward shows any sort of. Uh, he's Sympathy. nice to SpongeBob. Yeah. yeah, in this episode more than any other. <laughs> Which means once, it, one it, time. It, it happens very rarely. Um, eating coral. Now, I know that I feel like I've seen videos before of people cooking coral, or at least some, because there's just so many variations of it. I think there may be some edible kinds. I have no I idea, couldn't. but I do know that coral reefs are made from the, the. I think coral, living coral has an exoskeleton, if I'm not mistaken, but like a coral reef is just bone. Pretty much, and uh, so I I don't know about eating coral. And generally, if you find coral, it's not going to be only an outer layer of it will be living. Right, right. You looking this up now? Well, that's what we do here. Do humans yeah. eat coral? Yes, some people do eat coral. Um, coral calcium seems to be touted recently by certain health food junkies. They tout it as beneficial, especially for arthritis and osteoporosis. It also seems more trendy than the older oyster shell calcium. As far as I've been able to find, there are not health benefits associated with coral calcium. In fact, oyster shell calcium may be worse for you than plain old Tums because oysters and corals don't dissolve quickly. Uh, their calcium is not available for absorption. Almost the entire supplement will go through your feces. Great. So, so what I was saying about it being bone is true. Yes, absolutely. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, in this thread, someone goes, Squidward once ate coral, like literally two sections <laughs> under. I'm like, oh, all right. You can see, I can see there's a common train of thought. And of course, uh, SpongeBob finds a massive Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I th this may be the most famous moment, most memed moment from spongebob actually or at least the most referenced i've seen so many things where the pioneers ride these babies for miles you uh, <laughs> said oh that's so funny that you actually yep because that that has been that part um i know when spongebob's dancing with his hat and squidward with the spoons is has yep. been memed before uh and of course this this customer had such an effect on me as a kid i never forgot the diet dr kelp <laughs> and true story uh about six months ago i went into a box lunch which for anyone out there who doesn't know i mean box lunch is is very in select cities and areas of the country but they're basically the like they're the sister store to hot topic and hot topic is very dark and moody and still kind of nerdy but box lunch is super bright and takes all of those nerdy things and just almost everything in their store is exclusive um, and their Nickelodeon section is packed with deep cut references to shows. And so six months ago, I went to a box lunch and they had a red shirt and I picked it up and it was diet Dr. Kelp, like yeah. in the style of, of Coca-Cola, yeah. like as a shirt. And I'm like one, one line in an episode of SpongeBob from, from 20 years ago is, yeah. is on a t-shirt. It's just <laughs> official too, which is insane. Because that's something you would think would be a fan, 
a fan recreation, recreation, which I'm sure if you go to Redbubble and search Diet Dr. Kelp, there's probably a hundred different logos for it. Yeah. Uh, I also want to point out that that fish's belly was hairy, which, <laughs> which bothers me on so many levels. Um, and here's SpongeBob, uh, is Squidward being nice to SpongeBob, and of course the final joke being the fact that they were literally the reference was right around the corner but they were across the street to that guy fantastic and there we go um so yeah that that was pizza delivery um all in all i mean for me personally it's not it's not my number one favorite but it, it certainly is in top 10 just because of of the quotes um and just how fun of an episode it is when you can just take spongebob and squidward out of the element out of their usual space and yeah. see them interact because that's that's comedy at its core when you can take uh, uh, opposite characteristics and just see how they how they mesh together in certain yeah. situations. Yeah, um, it reminds me of of how the the old Mighty Boosh radio shows were. I mean, the the TV show is funny, but when they were on just doing audio, yep, that's what it it needed was two characters who didn't shouldn't be getting along having to be in situations right <laughs> like we're stuck in the antarctic what happens there yeah um so yeah any uh anything you'd like to plug before we we head off uh no all right hey that's fine less things <laughs> i have to write about in the in the description um so uh just as we end i'd like you to uh to lead us out with a uh with your best uh pirate impression saying um ahoy mateys or saying whatever you'd like Gross. <laughs> Excellent. Ah!